I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why these things keep happening. I don't know why they keep spreading to other people. I've tried so many times to build a team to try to understand. And regardless of the setbacks, progress was made, but the story continued to get stranger. I think it's about time I go in. I go deep. This is the audio logs for the curious case of Dakota Franson. I don't know if you're going to believe what I'm about to say. Quite frankly, I stopped caring a long time ago. Because honestly, I had to stop caring. Because the further in I went in on this, the more I tried sharing my story, the more... I had incidents of people betraying my trust, trying to utilize this information to defame and ridicule me just because they got upset with me. Now, granted, I don't expect anybody to believe what I say. I do expect... Adult conversation. Maybe even a little healthy debate. If they don't believe what I gotta say, present their thoughts in a respectful manner. Then, maybe, I'll listen. Because, I'll admit, I don't have all the answers. I'm still trying to understand everything that's going on. But at the end of the day... I still fully believe that the major mission that should be taking place... Is for everyone to pull their heads out of their asses. Sit down. And actually have... Decent conversations in order to figure out what's going on, maybe figure out what the next move should be. Because the world's getting chaotic and the 2020s don't exactly show any sign of slowing down the chaos. In fact, based on recent information that I've been gathering, as well as from my own exploits, Because it all wraps up into a nice little burrito. The next couple of years is going to get truly chaotic. In that by 2024, apparently, some of the more humanoid species of extraterrestrial are going to start landing on Earth start making themselves known. How do I figure into that? Well, ladies and gentlemen of the court, 
you're not gonna believe what's been happening. Now I know it's been a while since I've done one of these. Life kind of got in the way. Car repairs, show, drama, drama, fucking more drama. Drama that has no real place in the world besides filling the time of some very lonely people. But in that time frame, I have also been hard at work. Researching. Hunting. The whole shebang. And trying to reach out to as many different people as I can. Working from behind the scenes to make shit happen. To make this shit look good. Because quite frankly, it seems like a majority of the people surrounding me don't know how to run this shit. And they think it's stupid because they didn't know how to do it. That's literally the example. But how are we supposed to learn to grow if we're constantly tossing aside what we don't understand? Like, here's an example for you. One point that a lot of people I've noticed try to instill is the idea that time doesn't exist. It is purely a construct. A false label. Time does not exist. Because, or at least time doesn't exist in higher densities. To which I question, are you actually stopping and thinking about what you're being told? Every density, every dimension of creation serves as a piece of something greater. How can time not exist and exist in a three-dimensional world with time being its fourth? How can time exist but not in the three-dimensional portion but not in a fifth dimension, sixth, seventh? That's because it does. It doesn't make sense. And argument I want to try to make, and this is not to discredit anybody, but this is just to get you to stop and think about what you're sounding like. Those of you, you know, the average Joe, you know, average cell phone user, not anybody that happens to work at Apple or knows how these things are built. Now, I want the, I want to ask a question to the average cell phone user. Tell me. If I were to strip apart your cell phone, bit by bit, could you sit there without looking at Google, without looking at maybe an instruction manual, none of that, would you be able to sit there and tell me every single individual part in your cell phone and how it functions? Chances are no. And I'm not expecting you to. If you happen to have that knowledge, know how to do it, because maybe you worked in cell phone repair or some electronics, you know, good on you. That's useful information to know, and it might just end up being a high-paying career at this rate. But the average person going through their life, I don't, they're not going to know what, what that stuff does. So just because you don't understand how that works, 
Are you going to say that those parts in your cell phone don't exist? Now, granted, this could easily be like a blinker fluid situation. Saying that make sure you should fill up on your car's blinker fluid for some of your vehicular, you know, illiterate friends. That's honestly what you sound like. There's no logic to it. In fact, I wanted to explain this before I go on. Because, as uh, David Tennant's doctor says, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, it's just that I can't seem to escape the fucking clips on TikTok when I'm thinking about, so I know I know a good lot of references. Time is not a linear motion, it's more of a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. An example I constantly use on the shows is that we experience time like a river. It flows into one direction. Excuse me. It flows into one direction. And once we get to a certain point, that river eventually flows into an ocean. There's a point within dimensional sp- higher dimensional space where time can essentially be moved manipulated and moved and maneuvered a lot like three-dimensional space or even more so in fact now i'll admit that i had to do a quick google search because just to kind of refresh my memory on this but there we're more familiar with the concept of space-time Continuum. It's often referred to as the Newtonian space-time continuum. But there is also said to be... How can I put this to where it makes sense? It's... Oh, what was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? Um, I believe it was, it was a Russian gentlemen but they had the idea of a time space continuum not space time time space where time can essentially move like we experience space why do i bring this up because this is essentially very important with what i'm about to discuss for this grand finale of the curious case of Dakota Franson. Sounds a bit selfish for me to uh, put it that way, but that's the only that's the best way I know how to put it. Heidegger's. Ah, oh, why did I think Russian? No, I blame Chris. <laughs> but essentially, but the basic idea is that time and space can have essentially the main point to remember before I go to start confusing myself is that all points in time and space are connected alright all points in time and space are connected this is heavily important with what I'm about to discuss 
because we're talk going into discussions of secret space programs, potential time travel, past lives, all of this. Like I said, there seems to be a number of people that try to use the explanation that time doesn't exist in order to explain the abnormalities when it comes to supernatural phenomenon. When in reality, they're only tossing aside a, a certain component because they know, feel that there is no way to test it. Time is a lot more complex than we give it for. We are just only capable of perceiving linear time. Our biological evolution only makes it to where we can observe linear time. There are certain, I'm saying this because there are certain beings who would know how to manipulate the creation itself to where they can isolate time bubbles where hours, days, weeks, years can simply exist and play out within a singular second and at the end of that time bubble time resumes to the observer's original point. You can just imagine what I'm talking about here. And no, I'm not on drugs. I wish I was because a lot of this stuff would make a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to my dear friend Elena Dinan, who recently put out a book. It is called The Cedars Return of the Gods. And basically in it, she discloses that Enki, the Anunnaki, they're back. And she also discloses a number of instances where her own experiences with the Intergalactic Confederation, as well as dealing with extraterrestrial politics, for lack of a better word, what will be affecting life on Earth very soon. Now... My co-host, Christopher Mole, he makes fun of the fact that I stick to Elena's works almost religiously. And I've admitted to Elena that I do. And the, this is because whenever I read one of Elena Denon's books, there was a sense of familiarity, like her drawings that she includes in the books feel more like old photographs you know of places i've been to now there's going to be some that automatically go into the new age sort of thinking they're like oh my god dakota that's amazing that it resonates to you no shut up i i hate that shit all right because quite frankly i get more of the impression that a lot of the people that go in with that mindset want to live in some sort of weird Dungeons and Dragons fantasy instead of actually trying to explore what's going on. No, it's just... For some reason, I could look at certain photographs of what she was talking about and I would recognize the people in them. I said, oh, yeah, that's Bob. And, you know, he has a wife named Carol. You know, they have four kids. Or, you know, that's uh, Zelrog from the planet... From the latest intro of my show, if you haven't been watching. Um, <laughs> essentially, this wasn't something that was because it resonated. It was because it felt like I was... 
I'm wondering if this is some how people feel who've been in comas, who suffered from amnesia, and all of a sudden something's just starting to click. And because of that click, you start to obsess with it, trying to figure out, okay, why is it that I feel so attached to this thing if I don't know why the attachment there is there in the first place? So, as I mentioned in previous episodes, that Elena pointed me in the direction of some programs to help me with uh, memory regression. Kind of doing it by myself because others who have offered their assistance in that area have uh, had personal matters come up. And it's one of those things where it happens a little too often for comfort, you know? So I wanted to do it by myself because this is not something I could just sit back on. I had to know. And I wanted, before I go into the grand reveal, I wanted to kind of establish a few things. I have memories of relatives... Say like my grandparent, my parents, my grandparents, and the, you know their grandparents, and going further and further and further. I have memories of them getting together, not anything physical, but just like I was seeing points of convergence where the bloodlines were guaranteed to come together. If that makes sense, I have. Just before those, I have memories of talking with this beautiful woman and going into this stasis pod thing where all of a sudden I am, you know, being put under and being sent to Earth. I also have memories of battles. I have, and as I was going through these processes, during my visitations, I would get visions of these children I helped save from darker entities. One of which, interestingly enough, was a woman who who I actually ended up having on the show after Elena's last appearance. Like, the week after. Basically, when we were off air, I don't want to disclose too much information because I feel like this is something that she should talk about. Even though, in some of our chats, when I've been trying to help her, She also feels, doesn't exactly feel comfortable with sharing because she still has that part of common sense nagging at her saying, this, you know, this sounds crazy. And by some chance she hears this, maybe this will help you. After... I got a name. I made sure to write it down in a journal. It's something I've been trying to do a lot more to try to help with the extraterrestrial question. Trying to retain as much as I could so that way I can go into exercises to try to recall more. One of these sessions brought forward a name. 
brought forward a name. It brought forward that I was some kind of officer. brought forward old crew members. It brought forward just too much detail to be tossed aside as some random dream. And that was one of the things I'm constantly being told is, is that if you have, if a dream seems like you have way more memory of it than you should say, like you have memories of events leading up to a certain dream that you've seen, then it's chances are it may not be a dream. Now, this young lady, she went by the name of Damocles on the show. She disclosed to me and Chris that she believed that she had a false flag memory implanted to cover up the fact that she was abducted as a child, but brought back. And one of the key things in this false flag memory was the image of a bucking moose. Alright? Now, I mentioned that in my own regression practices, I managed to recover a name and and all these details. Another vision came up where I saw myself saw me with this crew heading towards a spot down in Indiana. And I recognized it because I remember seeing the Great Lakes as we were coming down. We were watching this young girl being carried out by these two tall, really thin grays who were actually known to be some of the more violent varieties. And it looked, they were running this long finger across her body like they were scalping her out. Like, they they were planning on killing her, for lack of a better word. So we attacked. You know, we took her for a bit of a joyride before bringing her back so we could help calm her nerves. Towards the end of this vision, I see this tall, blonde man, very attractive, he comes up to me and starts doing this, makes kind of like a triangle with three of his fingers. Apparently this is like a Jedi mind trick that certain Pleiadians have to wipe memory. And I go, hey, whoa, 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 why are you wiping me? Why do I got to be wiped? He's like, you're getting ready for deployment. And we can't have you, you can't be able to recall this for your protection, her protection, and our protection. Basically, we can't have you remembering because it may compromise things. So, so I was like, alright, fine. Well, will I be able to bring this back? Because I was worried about that kid. This gentleman goes to look at me, smiles, and says, Don't worry. Don't you remember the moose? Then gives me a casual wink. So, apparently, this would have, this event would have taken place in the early 90s. 
late 80s, early 90s, based on the type of cars I saw. If they just looked around that time period. And I re- relayed this information back to Damocles through a video chat. And needless to say, it struck. Because apparently, the tall blonde man was none other than Elena Denon's contact with the Galactic Federation, Thorhan Iridian. He was my commanding officer. And to put things further, I found out my name. Elrion Tenut, or something along those lines. I'm dealing with alien languages here, so if I'm mispronouncing it, you know, it's understandable. That's, In fact, that's the reason why I'm fairly certain quite a few of them pick fairly simple names to introduce themselves as, because they know we, we on Earth would fuck it up. Honestly, I want to get this uh, email chain I have with Elena put together into a poster because after I got that and after I saw that I was apparently one of their members of Damocles Rescue I had to reach out to Elena because quite frankly she was the common variable she was the only one that was really triggering stuff for me to such an extent that further weird things happened. In fact, there was an incident when she was on the show with us that we had so many technical issues that she kept saying that she heard Thor Han talking through her implants. Well, here's the thing. Her mic on her webcam was picking up some of that transition transmission. I could hear Thor Han's voice. And he knew who I was. So, I got a hold of Elena, basically saying, hey, I've been going through the stuff you told me to check out, but there's still some parts that I have, I'm having trouble putting together, but it's not going to take much. Before her book came out, I started getting these visitations. You know, maybe I mentioned it in the last episode. It's been a while since I had a chance to actually sit down and record. But I had visitations from beings she listed as Jovians, right? Jovians are an Anunnaki colony. Their, their visits were becoming much more prevalent. I was even talking with Maria Orsic, a gal from was essentially UFO lore when it comes to Nazi Germany, who said would be responsible to why the Nazis had flying machines like that. There was just so much detail. I could remember the color of suit I was in, which is something worth noting, because apparently the species of the Galactic Federation wear color-coded uniforms to tell what species they are. And like I mentioned, I told Elena that there were certain sensations when it came to this that felt like I was trying to stretch out a rubber band 
as much as I could without snapping it. So I, I had I had to ask her. I had to ask her. I said, hey, I hate to be a bother, but do, does this name sound familiar to you, or does it sound familiar to Thor Han? This is what he looks like. Where's this color uniform? So on and so forth. So she got back to me saying Thorhan worked in the past with a tall, which is a type of Pleiadian, named Elrion Tirtar in in the rescue missions. They haven't worked together since 20 years. Elrion was a science-slash-medic member of his crew under his command. I saw him once myself. I can remember him. I find it funny that she felt the need. You are not hallucinating. Big hug. Now, you gotta remember... English is not Elena's first language, so she has is she's trying to rec- know what to say to, from time to time. Which, you know, it, it's understandable. The woman speaks seven languages. You know, she's smart enough as is. <laughs> so, twenty years. She also elaborated that Thorhan, she wasn't Thorhan was didn't give an exact number. Said about. The last they worked together was about 20 years. Well, there's two things to go about it. At the time of recording this, which is October 30th, 2022, ironic that... (laughs) Funny to record this so close to Halloween. I'm only 26 years old. I turned 27 this coming January. Now, if... So... That seems a bit out. Further out. So, again. Sorry, I'm getting myself flustered. About 20 years ago, that's what Thorhan said. He said, like, he wasn't sure off the top of his head. He was just trying to give a general number. Unfortunately, that also lines up with two specific dates. Because about 21 years ago was my own incident. Where I ended up 30 miles away from home. Thankfully, at my own grandparents'. So, the timing goes up, and since coming forward about finding, you know, kids I've helped rescue, I've had even more come out, and give a rough time frame that I was very active in the late 80s, early 90s. Now, something else I want to bring up. During the first interview we had with Craig Campobasso, a MUFON investigator who, ow, sorry, I have a cat crawling on me. I think she's trying to tell me to go to bed. It's midnight right now, but anyway. During his first interview, he explained that sometimes when it comes to soul-bound individuals, essentially married, they're bound through soul contract. It's their literal soul mates. It varies from case to case. It's not like one set of rules, but sometimes when... There are soulmates. They will rotate starseed deployments. Let me say, for example, say like I'm down here. My wife, Eilina, she's upstairs, as Elena would put it. And apparently we've been rotating for quite some time. This would also explain why during a Valentine's Day visitation, she wanted to slow dance to the song 
nothing's going to stop us now. Like it was, and she had like such an attachment to it. Like it was a promise we made each other. Because, like I said, it seems like she and I both went through times of war. The planet that she said we're from is near the star Alconi in the Pleiades star cluster. That particular planet suffered a bit of a civil war. Some of them, a majority of them, the Tal Shiar is what they call themselves, they defected to the reptilians. They gave up. And there was quite a few of the Tal Shiar that didn't want to, so they essentially became exiled, joined the Galactic Federation in order to try to help with Earthbound missions. The Tal... They are given first priority when it comes to Earthbound missions because when they go to arrive, they are some of the more, they look the most like us. So to give us an easy transition, they're going to allow species that look like us to come down. And it's going to happen very soon. And allegedly, I may have done something to instigate it. I mentioned before that while I have been skeptical of some of his claims, Chris has been getting messages. However, even ones I talked to mentioned that Chris isn't being entirely truthful. So I've been trying to grill him. And it's not that it's necessarily Chris's fault, it's just that he is misunderstanding a lot of it. Blames it on his dyslexia. And I'm not saying that to make fun of people with dyslexia. I'm stating what's been happening. Naturally, I've been skeptical of some of his claims, but he's also come ended up having quite a bit come true. So I'm I'm into him fully that if I suspect that he's been lying to me, you know, it's game over. We're done. I take this stuff very seriously. And despite what some of the people that he has been known to associate himself with seem to think, I actually know what the hell I'm doing. And I've even had Chris tested to check for signs of deception. And everyone who's been looking says that he... To basically trust my instincts, but in, if they were in my shoes, they would not trust it. Because he, they depe- detected that there was a sense of deception that if I were to somehow be deemed no longer of use, I would get tossed aside. And that is something I keep myself in mind because I have. Get- These are extraordinary claims I'm making. I know that for a fact. I'm doing my best to try to gather as much physical evidence as I can. And it's hard. There's a reason why a majority of the people I trust most when it comes to this type of thing fully admit that they feel like they're having a psychotic episode. That they feel like they should be getting help for schizophrenia. It's something I honestly still fear to this very day. Even though... I have a proven track record of finding something going on. 
I mean, a couple weeks ago, there was an incident where I just walked outside to start getting ready for work. All of a sudden, I noticed that there was a beam of light near the moon that didn't seem like it was originating from something. Now, this may be some sort of weird formation of ice crystals in the atmosphere. That could very well be it. I'm not denying that notion. Being that it was looking kind of off, I started snapping some photos on my phone. Snapped the photos, tucked it away, went to work. Didn't think much about it till I got off. All of a sudden, there seems to be a partially cloaked object where the beams of light intersect. A beam, a strange one that goes past the moon. And there's one. There's a beam of moonlight that intersected that originated from the moon. And I'll be honest, some of the visitations I've been getting from my wife and kids indicate that they're they've been staying on the moon base. They're close. They're getting ready to come. Elena Denant mentions that there's at least four motherships surrounding the, the that are just outside the orbit of the planet Earth, heavily cloaked to where they can't be seen. And there's also going to be abnormalities within the solar system that are going to indicate exactly where a lot of our interstellar friends are hiding. A lot of the darker ones have been officially kicked out, but they are trying to get back in. But doing, being that there is supposed to be a grand change going to be coming because conflict unfortunately breeds evolution and we have got to learn from our mistakes of what we've been doing for the last several thousand years so that way we can become better. We're in a probation period, for lack of a better word, for becoming a space-faring civilization. And that's why I want to do We Are Light Ascension into the Age of Space why I've been working on building up my contacts within Hollywood circles. That's why I've been working on getting things done that I've been kind of putting off or just kind of got sidetracked and forgot about, to be completely honest, as well as building up new future relations. That's why it's also, it physically pains me whenever someone tries to loop me in with their fucking drama lately. Such a fucking distraction. But amazing things are coming. And I'm going to make this the last episode of this mini-series. Because it's time to focus on moving forward. There's going to be a new book by myself coming out January 19th. It's an updated version of Dear Coda. It's going to be called Dear Coda Revelations. It's going to include more case information as well as more information on the extraterrestrial side of things. You can also check my book, The One Who Walks All Worlds. The Ones Who Walk All Worlds. It's available on most major book platforms. I just released the Origins Collection, which includes several chapters that would never have been released before, but have just been sitting on my computer for years and years and years, essentially forgotten about. And I finally got to actually putting them out into the world. So, yay for myself. Things are about to get crazy, crazy, ladies and gentlemen. So please be kind to one another. In the official release of this, there will be several tones included. Including one that was a special message to Anki. Tones meaning CE5 related tones. Do use them. Because... It's almost guaranteed something's going to happen. I may have gotten a response 
for the message to Anki, and that was what looked like a giant pyramid outside my house. That disappeared the second it knew I was looking at it. Fucking figures, right? So those of you assholes who are trying to shoot me down because you're not liking how well things are going, I really hope you find yourself time to really evaluate your choices in life. Maybe if you decide to actually put in the energy to do the work instead of treating people like crap, the same energy you use to treat people like crap to and to actual putting putting in actual productive work, maybe you would actually get somewhere and not be pathetic losers. Nah, I'm just saying that now. It's time to move on. My name is Dakota Franson. I am the one and only specialist of the strange. The stories I tell here are absolutely true, regardless of whether or not you believe them. And trust that there's going to be a lot of chaos in the world very soon because of what I say. Stay safe, stay loved, stay weird. And I'll see you when I see you.